My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Good evening, Patriots. And it's Thursday, November 2nd, the end of, anyway, of the year 2023. I guess if you're on the East Coast, you're now cruising into the Friday, which is pretty cool. It's been a pretty wild week and pretty intense last few weeks. And we've dealt with quite a bit of disruption as well, just by virtue of Bars Fest, which is, when I say disruption, like the shows here regularly, that was kind of thrown off a bit, but obviously filled with some great... Uh, long live streams from Bars Fest. And then we, the following week, I was Ohio. And we did all those shows together with Michelle and Leah. And a lot of those were longer than normal. And then we ended up with the following week on my way out to men's camp at Yuba City. 
and that was spotty on shows. And then Isaiah 61, which was the following week after that, so it's week four, that was spotty on shows. And then the week after that, it was kind of getting settled into a groove, and then, of course, somewhere in there, which was last week, we got blasted with this tech issue, which has been took me most of the week to get through. So we're kind of starting to settle into a groove. Plus this week we had the great event up here in Portland, which I haven't even had a chance to talk about. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, Let's kind of go over that, which was fantastic. And then we had the launch of Bards Nation and the launch of Bards Fest website. So all of these things have been just part of a pretty wild last six weeks. And it's going to be busy all the way to the end of the year. We have a lot of things happening. So I really want to go over a lot of what's kind of where we're where we just did this week. I want to hit on the website a little bit, which was fantastic launch last night. If you didn't see that, that's on Rumble. I'm actually going to have the audio of, of those files posted tonight, so you can go back and listen to the audio of those files and the audio of the prayer call we did on Monday, what we call kind of pre-event prayer call, which is pretty fantastic. So lots of good stuff, and really excited about what we've got going. But with that these disruptions can be a little bit difficult to get through at times. I know we've had some frustrations and so forth, but this is just as we grow and it's all good in the end of the day. From my perspective, it wasn't as disruptive perhaps because I'm every day I'm driving somewhere or doing something, but anyway, it's all good. One thing for sure right now, Patriots is really looking at where we are in this country and the time in which we're in and, those times right now, which are so critical, dealing with food, food's a big issue, obviously. So you have food as a weapon system, which they know they're going to use or trying to use. They're trying to get everybody to buy bugs, eat bugs, whatever else they're doing. Plus, the food itself is just something to be aware of. They're poisoning the food and cutting down the supply chains and causing disruptions, etc. These people are just evil. And then we have the issues that outcome from weather and war, disruptions, all that sort of thing. So be prepared. That's the bottom line. We can't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, some people may claim they do, but the fact of the matter is we really don't know what's going to go on in the future. So be prepared. We see that the chaos is around the world. We see that things are turning upside down, and we know that food is one of their weapon systems, and we know that in the end they're trying to get everybody to eat bugs and lab-grown meat. So don't let it happen, and don't let yourself get caught short. So head on over to our website. called It's preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. And you're going to find My Patriot Supply three-month emergency food kits, which are awesome. They're the largest supplier of emergency food in the country. Their food kits are fantastic. It's 2,000 calories a day with different flavors of things so you don't get bored or worn out from the same flavor every day, which is great. Highly nutritious, really designed to keep you going under stress, which is important. And you need to have a foundation for your food system that is long-term on the shelf, portable, and worry-free, basically. So again, My Patriot Supply is the supplier, and our website is preparewithbars.com. Preparewithbars.com. Check out their three-month emergency food kit. You're going to be happy. It's good. It's one of the best insurance policies you can buy. It's real. It's tangible. And you will not be disappointed. (laughs) You won't be found short. Let's put it that way if something does happen. Let's hope it doesn't, but the fact of the matter is we need to be prepared. That's just being good. So anyway, preparewithbards.com. Check it out. We've got a couple prayers tonight before we get going. One is for, for Alex K. Alex K. writes, Hey guys, 
asking for prayer. I have a lap, laparoscopic surgery tomorrow, very early morning. Haven't been sleeping well and had have had to a sore throat all week. Prayer I didn't get. Prayer I don't get sick as I've been trying to get the surgery since 2020, and for everything to go smoothly would be really appreciated. Sure. So, hey, Father God, we just want to ask for a blessing over Alex K. And this surgery, and Father, we just declare healing over his body, and and just this is we step into that right now and just say, Alex, you're, you're going to be healed. Healing's going to be quick. It's going to be complete, and your surgery is going to be smooth. So, Father, we just pray for just a painless surgery and healing over the body, rapid healing and total healing over the body right now. As we deal with some intermittent sickness, and just allow allow Alex to recover quickly and to be pain-free and worry-free through the whole event, and, and of course, get some sleep. So just ask for those blessings, and may he be guided along a very Jesus path on this. And in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this one is from Jean Mo, and it says, Please keep our teens encounter Christ, T-E-C, weekend, which starts this Friday through Sunday, November 3rd to 5th, in prayer. We have a few candidates coming and a few servants. This is a weekend for teens. For those of you who do not know, this is one of the Southeast South Dakota. This one is in Southeast South Dakota. We have a God-fearing woman, Molianne, who is not well due to a fast cancer. She started the first one of this chapter, she has served over 100 TECs, Teens Encountered Christ, weekends, and is 94. So anyone who thinks they are too old to serve the teens, think again. Her love for the youth is amazing. She loves each boy and girl who comes through. It will be tough not having her there. She is ready to go home to be with the Lord. She has stated if she dies serving teens, Encounter Christ weekends, she would be the happiest ever. Pray for salvation of the youth, hearts softened and eyes opened. They are the future. So Father God, it's one of these great programs truly to help teens encounter Christ. We call teens encounter Christ with the youth, again, trying to reach, wake up our youth and raise them up. And so Father, we just pray for our youth and raise them up in the body of Christ. And we bless them all that'll be there this weekend. And we just pray that they'll be touched by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And we declare that over their entire experience, that they will literally be touched top to bottom with the fire of the Holy Spirit and also be called to be baptized, to be reborn in the body. And may this weekend be completely transformational for those that are there, to walk out on fire for heaven, on fire for kingdom, on fire for Jesus, being able to start to be blessed with many of the gifts that you have for them, Father. And fundamentally, those would be things like healing the sick, casting out demons, and raising the dead. And so, Father, we just pray for these teens that are coming together. We equally pray a prayer of blessing over the founder, Molianne, who's obviously near, she's seeing herself near her end. And Father, we just declare healing over her cancer and healing over restoration for her to be able to attend these events for longer than where she is now. She's inspired many. She's loved so, Father, we just raise her up as well, and we declare immediate and total healing over her body in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So Portland was, an, it's Hillsboro, actually. 
is where we were. There was three events, as you know, with Church of Glad Tidings, Dayton with Michelle and Leah and their, and their ministry team. And then there was Hillsboro, which is just west of Portland at a winery out there. It was a beautiful barn that we were at and for wine tasting. And they had turned it over to us for the night. And that was our ministry team up there was, and, and I would, I don't know all the people on Michelle and Leah's ministry team. Great team they had. I just want to be clear about that. I know Pastor Neil was on it and Pastor Devonese was on it. So they had a really strong team in Dayton. In At the Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, it was Dave and Cheryl Bryan plus Easter ministry staff. And he did some really great discussions about what the background and history is of Easter. I'm Easter, my goodness, Halloween. And then um, they had a big bonfire where people threw in things they wanted to get rid of and for the season. And then they did some prayer and worship and deliverance to the night. And they finished around 3 a.m. Uh, Michelle and Leah did their event over in Dayton and they did uh, praise and worship. And then they did some really good um, sermon work and a lot of deliverance work up there. And they went all the way until 5 a.m. And then in, in Hillsboro, we did our, we really focused a lot of our stuff on we did some praise and worship, but we really, our focus was on uh, testimonials and um, we had some, some sermons there and we talked, to, we gave some background on the, obviously the Halloween event and then our, we were together then in our prayers for deliverance and just that's constantly through the evening. So we went from, all, we all started about seven and we went until sunrise until the last stragglers left. It was pretty awesome. We had the Cantrell family up there too. So we, our ministry team up there was were uh, Rick and CJ from Portland, Oregon, um, Brian and Alicia from Yuba City. The Cantrells, uh, which can come up, they originally were from Portland, but they came up and then myself. So it was a really strong ministry team we had up there. Really good event. And our whole theme of that was to take back the night and to take it back in the name of our Lord and to take it back in the name of the kingdom. So our prayers were all focused around the idea that this would be a night now that would begin a series of a sequence in the future that this would be literally taking back kingdom. And that was our intent. And that's what I think we did extremely well. I think we all did that. We prayed for the children. Obviously, Ohio had measure one, which is draconian. It's a constitutional amendment to try to legalize pedophilia and child mutilation and abortion. So we prayed against that. I hope you will all continue to pray against that and be active in trying to topple that. And we all prayed against the demonic and the darkness of Halloween to bring in life, and we called it the night of freedom, and then to raise that up. And we, it was, we were really blessed because not only did we just have a good core of people, we had about 20, it wasn't big, we had about 20 people, but just a really nice, intimate environment we had there, plus the Kentrell family, which bumped us up to about 30. And we just had a, a nice evening together to be together. So part of that was family at the core. And of course, the technical issues were probably what we were sweating the most at first. It turned it out. It turned out really well. Um, we didn't have any internet where I was. So for those of you that were wondering, because the live stream on our end dropped at about five and a half hours. If we'd had a regular internet connection, we would have gone all night, but we didn't. And I ran out of data on my phone. I mean, I have an unlimited plan and all these other things, but they only give you 15 gigabytes of data and I burned it up in five and a half hours. So that's five, you know, 15 gigs per month. So we need 
this is all going to be improved next year. This will be part of things that we do every year. We're going to do this again next year. And next year, I think we're going to actually have it here at the property. It's going to be what we call the barn church that we're starting. And I'm going to have that built and done here in the near future. So these are all just things that we kind of came together on. We did this event. We popped it up in three in two weeks um, from concept to execution. I consider it to be really fantastic. And it just gave us all an opportunity to really just jump in on a quick event, which is just what, what I would call pop-up Bards Fests. And we're going to see more of these because these types of events we can throw together quickly. They're very cost-effective, and they're really good at getting ministry out into the world rather than always relying on just the big events. And we're still going to have the big events next year with Bards Fest. I, I don't know where we'll be yet. I know we will be in Yuba City again. Outside of that, I don't know. So, And there just hasn't been any more communication regarding Flemingsburg. We might be there or not. I don't know. It just That kind of itself fall, fell off, so we'll have to see what happens. But nonetheless, there's plenty of places in the world, and that's good. The real issue, I think, for most people coming out of these festivals and so forth has been life-transforming. And I'm seeing it a lot in a good way, but it's also, it can be pretty stressful for people. And I told you when we started after Bars Fest that these evenings would be really focused on deliverance. And I just want to kind of get down to some practicality things tonight and really speak to the hearts of many that are out here and, and understand that if you're feeling like there's change going on, there is. And this is God working. And these events, if you're what we've discovered really is the power of the Holy Spirit this year, which has been tremendous and it's a blessing, but it's also been surprising how far even the impact of these is reaching across the web. Naturally, God's not limited. And God is not going to limit himself to a building or to a space or to anything. God works through all things. And so that has happened with a lot of people, people that followed Isaiah 61. They're dealing still with deliverance issues. Even some people that were following the early prayer this week, we're heavily moved by the stories by the Cantrell. So it's fantastic. All of these things come together. And as they come together, they, they cause a lot of change within us. Deliverance by itself is, and I don't know how, I think some people get turned off by it or think it's crazy, but it's not. I mean, deliverance is really to get into the deeper part of us and to release those things that are holding us back at a spiritual level that leave spiritual wounds, binds, curses that we're, we're dealing with, demons. There's a whole range of things. And so we're trying to get to a depth of inner healing. And in that process, a lot of that exchange online can affect some of that and start bringing some of that out. Where I'm really focused right now is in, a, in the verse John 15. And I think it's very relevant to all we're talking about because I think it kind of helps us get centered in God. And I know last week was, I had a, just a torturous week last week, both from a tech and intellectual point of view, meaning to deal with some of this knowledge that I was having to gain and troubleshoot things that I just, it's not easy to find answers to, especially when it's not your system. But it also combined with a number of things that I was going through as well that God was putting me through to refine me. And I keep that fairly transparent, as you know, when I start going through stuff. John 15, 
And I want to read John 15. I read it earlier today, and I'm going to read it again. This has been my verse all day, and it's going to be a verse for, you know, not just all day, but I think it's worth really digging into. And it's, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teachings which I have discussed with you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just no branch, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining on the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and in him bears much fruit, for otherwise, apart from me, that is, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, that is, if you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the Father has loved you, loved me. Remain in me. Remain in my love, and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teachings, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be, a, your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Powerful verse, a powerful passage, and one that I think that as we reflect on things and consider all that's there, I find this as a verse that I read it last night, for example, I was dealing with, just some personal issues in in perspective on things and really reminding myself of literally where is God in my life in relation to certain challenges that are ahead. And, and these things can happen and we get wrapped up in our own problems. And it's, we forget that in all things we are, we are working in and through him. But that also means that in all things we bring them to him and we let him guide us, not just on a one-off each day, but in all things. And right now in the chaos of the world, it's pretty easy to get wrapped up into events and forget God. Or worse, not necessarily worse, but at least get wrapped up in events and then go to God later and go, well, what do I do? We need to invert this, and that's truly living in the body and the spirit. And it's important. We are, the times in which we live and the, and the chaos that is around us pulls us away gets us detracted from God, and then we get stranded. And that is a reminder in this passage where we are nothing without him. And and that's just something that has to be emphasized. And I think when we say we are nothing without him, we see a lot of that nothingness out here. We see the empty lives that are consumed with material things. We see the, the temptations that people get drawn into, even from temptations of maybe overeating, temptations to be drawn into pornography, temptations to do gambling, temptations to spend and buy constantly to fulfill yourself. 
but we have to center ourselves. And we have to center ourselves to the root, and that's part of being true in the vine and true in Jesus. And as we are in the vine and the Father is the vine dresser, we start to be shaped and all those extra things around us get to be taken off and we start to walk more purely as in Christ wants us to. And in the process of walking more purely, we are starting to walk into the path and the anointments that God intends us to. And none of those are easy. But the beauty is that when we start walking there, the, everything starts to make sense. Everything comes together. Everything starts to align. And that's ultimately the goal. Because it keeps us from being in discord, not only with him, but with each other. So much of our life right now in this world has been created by a draconian beast of a system and people that everything they do is intended to keep us in discord from one another. Constantly in conflict, constantly at each other's throats, constantly in, in a situation where we're not settled and we're definitely not walking in the body of Christ. <clears throat> but as we settle into that and we start to be in a true walk, and we go back to this verse and we're reminded again. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken branch and withers and dies. It's fairly, it's fairly significant. And the withering and the dying, I, I think, can be taken many ways, but it's truly that you are not detached with Christ and you are left on the outside. And there's a pain, that, there's a real sorrow in that. A lot of this, as I go through this, reminds me of Romans 8. And this is, again, the look at the situation we're in. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict nor punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus the law of our new beginning has set you free from the law of sin and death. And that would be back to the vine, right? For what the law could not do, that is overcome sin and remove its penalty and its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nat nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by the worldliness and our sinful nature. But live, live, live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by his power. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living in according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, but now and by, both now and forever. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is act, as actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. 
when we take these two verses and we look at this across our world and we overlay them on our culture, it's really, really fairly profound and insightful to be able to see a, the, the canvas, or I should say really the camouflage of what's before us fall away. You begin to be able to see people's motives and desires, and you get to see really what's driving them. Because as it is said, that if you're in the flesh, you are literally hostile to God. So if we overlay this with this movement of the LGBT movement and the people that are trying to mutilate children, you're seeing the hostility to God. Everything about that movement, those people there, gay, lesbian, to a large degree, LGBTQ to a collective whole, all of them have to identify themselves in the flesh. They have to identify themselves as what their gender is or what their sexual practices are. And all of that is a sin anyway, what they, by the way they function. So that their sins in their world become normalized as the right way. Where in a world walking under the authority of God, you would never even begin to go that way, let alone divine yourself in terms of the sexual and the physical and the flesh. And you can't get these others to identify in the spirit because without their identity in their flesh, they literally have no identity at all. And I think that would take us back to the vine, which is to remind us that if anyone does not remain in me, he is obviously meaning Jesus. He is thrown out like broken off, like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. The sad part about this whole movement with LGBTQ and all these other nonsense is it's not that these people are bad. It's that they've been limited. They've been drifted and drawn away from the core of why they exactly are. They actually exist to the point that the sorrowful part of this is the fact that they are literally living a lie to such magnitude that mutilation of their own bodies is the only way towards satisfaction. Now let that sink in a minute. That is a miserable soul. And that is something that this that is really as much as we can point to them and say, you did this, we have to much we have to be much greater in our mercy and grace. Because they have been manipulated by a system that is getting them to do that to themselves. And they've been placed within a bubble that has no contact with the, with the word or the relationship with Jesus. So outside of that bubble, there is no contact. They are then being channeled and stovepiped into a world fed and propagandized by literally the words of the father of lies. And so as we come at this and we're looking at this, I, and this is what really honestly frustrates me. We're not spending enough time engaging with that community and to try to awaken them, awaken them to the greater spiritual reality that Christ loves them, Christ forgives them, but they need to step into him to be forgiven. And this is just a cascade of just beliefs that we have right now, which is so important. Because unfortunately, what is happening in our world is we are really establishing some pretty harsh and reified judgments on one another that is ultimately based in violence and hate. And there's nothing in this that is about violence and hate. Yes, there is evil. There's no question about it. There is a pure and rotten evil that needs to be expunged from this earth and be set on its way forever and ever. But the majority of what we are dealing with has nothing to do with evil, but the influence of evil upon the flesh. 
And if many of these people have never grown up in an environment where the living God of miracles is alive and well. Churches don't provide that as a general rule. They provide stoic, very boring, in many ways, scripture that, yes, it's interesting to read it, but providing that with the inspiration of what it brings to us with the the Holy Spirit and the fire of the Holy Spirit and all of these things to literally bring about a greater relationship within ourselves and connection to kingdom. Barring that, Scripture just becomes words on a page. And unfortunately, there's way too much of that going on across the world. We just read things and people go, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And then, of course, we have to add some music and entertainment, maybe add a coffee bar, all these things, these gimmicks to try to draw people in. You should not need a gimmick in reading the Word. I read this passage, John 15, last night. I read it before I went to bed. Let myself marinate in it before I went to bed. Then got up in the morning and read it again. It is a powerful passage, but this is the way we should be handling Scripture. Putting ourselves to bed with it, waking ourselves up with it. These are things that then marinate into the very core of the being that we are. And in so doing, we start to lift ourselves up and live more deeply in the Word with Him. If you remain in my words, remain in me and my words, you remain in, or let me read this again. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That little line right there should be all the incentive in the world that every single person should be driving to get the words embedded more deeply in them. And it's not because of a material thing. It's because of the connection with God that is literally allowing us to work more boldly in this world. I thought about that and I think about those words because if you can imagine healing or you can imagine being able to cast out demons or you're going to imagine bringing whatever aspect you want of Scripture into people's lives, to be able to walk boldly with the power of Scripture, to walk boldly with the power of love love that literally exudes from you, that people see you. There's such a shine around you that people are like, my goodness, I'm going to have to blind my eyes. I'm really not exaggerating about this because as we lean into him and we start to look at all things that are asked for or brought to us, then why shouldn't we be marinating in the word? When we look across all the things that are going on and the upheavals, it's pretty evident that people aren't spending enough time in the word. And even if you're going through a form of deliverance and you've been unsettled since things, get into the word, read deeply, marinate in it. It's the only way you're going to get through this. And this time that we're in is not just because you listen to something online like Bart's Fest. It's because as a general whole, the world is spiritually awakening and God is starting to move in big ways to pour into more of his giftings and anointments into people. This is the hour in which we live that. And we want to be the people of Christ that literally can bring about the miracles of the living God. That should be everybody's goal, to cast out snakes and scorpions, to do greater works than he. Those things are fantastic. I I always ask myself, like, what is that possibility to do that? And it all centers on literally that first sentence, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So amazing. And so this is the number, this is his commandment. Jesus' commandment is so important. This is in John 15, 12. This is my commandment that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another just as I have loved you. Oh, that's good. 
No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. That is where we should be. And to understand that's the martyrdom spirit that needs to be revived for us to lean in to be greater in him. And we need to do that. And in so doing, start to free ourselves from the chains and the bonds that are out here that are trying to tell us otherwise. We're trying to tell us that we, we can't do, we must do, we must remain, we, we can't move forward. None of that works. And I was dealing with all last week, a lot of those types of voices telling me like, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this. This is going to, this is going to fail if you do that. Big deal. It is a, it is a big deal when that happens, but it, it's, it's a situation where you have to confront it and you have to bring in the word. Question is, whom do you serve? Satan has all of his little minions whispering things to try to get people away and try to have doubt in God. But if I'm truly in as the vine or the branches of the vine and God is there as the vine dresser, I'm going to be part of improving this relationship with through Jesus to where I become greater in him and the fruit that is born is, is, and I bear is greater and greater, but it's all for the purpose of God and kingdom. And that leads us with the power of love. Because the power of love is so profound as we start to embrace, embrace it. And it's not that love is just a hug. It's part of it. But love is in the spiritual as much as, and there's an element in the physical. And we have to be careful in the flesh. Because in the flesh, we get pulled away and get buried into the flesh. And we detach ourselves from the importance of the spiritual. It really has to be the other way around. Speaking from a guy who has had speaking to a guy or coming from a guy that has had four relationships that have crash burned. This is all because they all began in the flesh and they didn't begin in the spirit. And we need to be in a place where we are literally bringing a relationship in and rooting it in the spirit. And then as we step into the physical aspects of all things, we are keeping ourselves anchored in the spirit. When we do that, the glories of heaven flow through us and there's greater things than we can possibly imagine. But that gets back to the root, to the vine, and understanding what our real purpose is. The gospel is powerful. It's exciting. It's on fire. It's, it's literally energized with all the opportunities to be greater in he. And to even seek that way of saying greater works. Because we don't know necessarily what that means. But we're not going to get there when we're sitting on the sideline. Waiting for something to happen not marinating in the word, and then getting consumed and, and overwhelmed by the things of this world. We are not of this world. It's something we need to keep before us at all times. We are not of this world. It's so important. But we do walk in this world as the stewards, as the priests and the princes, because that's our role here. And when we assume those roles again, then we answer that piece of the whole all earth groans for the awakening of the, the men of God. That hour is upon us. I don't have any concept anymore of what it's like not to walk with God. There was a time I did. I couldn't imagine it now. 
and I put more and more things to him. And I'm just going to stumble like everybody else. And we get wrapped up in events. And like I was saying earlier, and you get pulled away and the event becomes stronger than him. And you can feel that in your tension and you can feel that in your gut and you can feel that in your stress levels. And you start to look at things. You're like, oh, Lord, what do I do? But you're not really giving him all. And this all has to go back to a simpler thing, that if we are truly going to be in the vine and he's going to be the vine dresser, then we have to step into this place. And it's not about, Lord, what do I do? It's, Lord, your will be done. What greatness do you want for me? And when we make that pivotal shift right there in all that we do, we become greater in him. And we stop trying to map our future out, which he is the one who's mapping it with us. Look, we have free will, and God is not going to, we are not going to be drones under God where He's moving every single thing around. But we do have to be able to put everything through Him first and listen to what He has to say and, and walk with that in the world. And that is a process of communication and prayer and supplication and constantly pushing these ideas into Him, praying, praying in tongues, getting closer to the mysteries of the, of, of the heavens. And understanding that as we do these things, things are unlocked and revealed for us. And again, marinating back into the root and into him. So important, especially wherever we are, especially if you've had deliverance, especially if you're having agitations, these things get you grounded. And there we begin to find the insights of the greatness of who we truly are. We are spirit first flesh second. We reversed that. It's one of the big games that we've been waged here on earth, and it's sad. And in the spirit, I think if we were to see ourselves in the flesh, we'd be shocked to see how clumsy we are and how perfect in the spirit world can be. And that's why we get back to scripture, because with scripture, we can keep pounding at ourselves and keep looking at this, and then as we use this throughout the day, the scripture begins to reveal more and more of itself to us. Which is quite ironic, I always say this, because in Zen Buddhism, they have this thing called a koan, and you meditate on these koans over and over and over and over, and pretty soon they reveal themselves, they unlock, and the the greater meaning behind the koan is revealed. We should be doing that with with, with the word, and sitting with these things, and letting God show us, and keeping them in our thoughts, and our walk each day, so that we are more deeply embedded in the word, but we're going to have to. It's not just a matter of we should. We really have to because what's coming here in the disruptions of events, which is very probable, by the way, we have to be so on point with what we're doing in the point of being in the Word, being in Scripture, marinating, that you're not going to be tempted or drawn off path by the many things that will be coming because in the time of chaos, which I think is quite probable, Well, times of chaos, we lose our way if we're not focused on him. So take some time. Read John 15, good piece, good passage. Read Romans 8, another great passage. Reflect on the place that we are. Reflect on your relationship in Christ. Reflect on your relationship with God. And don't hesitate to lean into him and ask him to provide his will. You can ask him for anything you want. There's no, It doesn't say anywhere not to. But the part of this I think it's important is 
We have to get in alignment with what he wants for us. And that's the whole point of, Father God, what do you want for me? I want you. I want all that you want to give me, the greatness of what you give me. I want that in me. And that's kind of the recipe for lighting your life on fire in a good way. It really is. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we just want to come to you tonight and just thank you for this time we've had. Just a reflection on a couple of passages, John 15 and Romans 8. And in that, we're just reminded, Father, of this, the importance and the power of living in the Holy Spirit, living in the Spirit and not living in the flesh. So, Father, tonight we just make a blessing for everyone out here to pray that this awareness of those lines between physical and spiritual can be made more clear and more clear in all things that we do so that it allows us to basically read a map each day, Father. We can see what's going on. We can turn and turn to you and see clearly where that avenue is and where we stumble to know that if we're going along and we're not putting emphasis on you, that that's, we should be able to pull ourselves back and go through you. And just all of this, Father, and the blessing in terms of awakening our hearts to walk with you at all times, not just part-time, not just casual time, but real time, to where all things are through you as we walk. So, Father, we just pray for this blessing across the nation and then to raise people up, to inspire their hearts with the glory of heaven and the Holy Spirit and literally to step into this world as the children of the Most High. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. These last weeks have lit me on fire for Jesus. And it's lit me on fire in a new way. It's not like I didn't have it before, but when we start to look at these problems and if we're not putting everything through a biblical lens and if we're not looking back to the root of who we are and if we're not doing those sorts of things constantly, not just part-time, but always, we're not living in him. We're not being part of the vine and we're not allowing Father to be our vine dresser. So marinate in it. Read the word. Marinate in it. Get your passages that you always have with you at all times. And one last thought, because I find many of these things interesting. When we are trying to understand our world, it is, and what we're capable of, I think it's important for us to take a moment and also reflect on the idea that we can ask God for things we don't normally think about. So I want to share with you just a prayer that's coming out right now with me and what that might mean for you in your life. As we kind of close with this. I have, I read a, uh, I met a guy in Yuba City, Bobby Connor. He's a prophetic. And I was stunned because he reads only the AMP version of the Bible, Amplified Bible, which I happen to like. All these passages I'm reading tonight are from Amplified. And he read, he reads only Amplified. And he has it memorized. And, I, and I'm like, dude, how many years did that take you? And his comment was this. He said, I never could memorize the Bible until I asked God to allow me to, and he gave me that And as I asked. So there's a good place to start about if you want to see some gifts from God. Pray to, have the, pray to be able to memorize the Bible, that everything you read in Scripture is never forgotten, and it's always in your mind to read forward. That's, we start talking about, all that you'll ask for, he'll give. Those are the sorts of things I would say put your emphasis on. That credit card bill, don't. 
Ask him just to guide you out of that mess. Some thoughts. Important ones, I think. And a time for this. Getting ourselves centered and anchored in the root. Understanding truly who we are in alignment with him. Letting him be that bind dresser. Staying away from the mortality or the, or the sins of the flesh. And putting ourselves increasingly in the walk in the spirit. John 15, Romans 8. They could guide you. Those two passages alone could guide you to the most glorious life ever. And I hope it does. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee, 6 a.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Oh. Just